टू ऑडियो ज्ञान विद केदार निमकर अ पॉडकास्ट दैट डॉक्यूमेंट्स इनसाइटफुल कॉन्वर्सेशन विद इंडियन डिजाइनर्स आर्टिस्ट म्यूजिशियंस राइटर्स थिंकर्स एंड क्रिएटिव्स ऑफ ऑल टाइप्स कैच एस ऑन आई ट्यून्स और विजिट ऑडियो ज्ञान डॉट कॉम फॉर मोर ज्ञान सेशन हियर्स योर होस्ट केदार निमकर Today I have Anusha Yadav with us on Audio Gyan. Anusha is a portrait photographer, brand culture design consultant, and curator of narrative, visual, and theme-based archives and ideas. She founded India Memory Project in 2010, the world's first online visual and narrative-based archive that traces a personal history of Indian subcontinent through images found in family and personal archives. Today we are here to discuss more about her insights into building this culturally rich project and what went into uh, this project. So thank you Anusha for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to My have you on our show. My pleasure as well. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So yeah, I've I've come up with few questions and let's Please. see uh, where uh, do we land up. Uh, so first, can you set up set the context by saying what is India Memory Project and what was the thought behind starting it? Uh actually it's Indian Memory Project. Yeah, sorry, Indian <laughs> with Memory. an end. Yeah, yeah. Uh I started it uh, for many reasons I think one this the idea fell into place and it didn't require many resources and I could do it by myself so I just did it because an idea like that actually like many ideas need to be done to be seen whether it will work mm. instead of being thought through um uh, i had wanted to i mean lot of things had started this off i was always interested in old photographs and archival images i was also disappointed that i could never find much of it online and of course that was the time when the internet had just begun but uh uh but people on facebook had started sharing photographs it there was a synchronicity in how facebook had started for photo platforms and how the indian memory project also came about but it started giving me also i'm a i design books and so i decided to go to a publisher saying that let's do a book on history or and contemporary uh, cultural ideas of indian weddings mainly because i knew that everybody had a picture of a wedding everybody in this if the world if not the country and and so therefore we could actually trace uh, and everything was becoming at that time i think a lot of there was a lot of karan johar bollywood wedding and the, those ideas that were being translated across the world that this is how indian weddings are mm. which was something that irritated me also that that you know there's a lot more that if i go to assam the wedding is different if i go to kashmir the wedding is different if i go to tamil nadu the wedding is different and there's different cultures there different ceremonies different people are involved the jewelry is different the clothes i mean all everything is different the rituals in fact rituals yeah. and ceremonies are different and but everything comes with a certain context and i was wondering if there was a way to document these ideas and present it uh, to the world within a beautiful coffee table book mm. so i actually asked that is when i asked people on facebook to send me wedding pictures and it's very interesting because it's it helps sometimes when people don't take instructions well is that i ask them for wedding pictures but they send me all kinds of pictures mm. with different kinds of stories and but i did select a few i did make a proposal the proposal fell through i went right back to earning my own rent but those pictures were still there in that group and there would and people would keep commenting and i would keep looking at it and for one year i think uh, around the same in feb sometime 8 years ago the or 9 years ago the idea just 
you know just fell into place that there is a much bigger idea here people would mention partition they would mention polyamory they would mention uh, professions uh, travel all kinds of things and and they start telling you stories about them mm. and that's when i realized this was a much bigger idea than just weddings that mm. this was if i could keyword every context that they mentioned uh, it it's a, it's a library i can create a whole library and all i need to do is keyword and categorize them unfortunately wala there was wordpress mm-hmm. for me to do that mm. because it was the blogging tool that they were using that helped me actually create a library mm-hmm. and so that is what i started using the tools to create this library and i started online on a free blog as a free uh, blog a uh, platform but i it was very clear it was not a platform it was not a blog mm. it was i gave it a value system i decided what it will do what it won't do uh, how will it do it at what uh, you know what kind of images will come the setting up the criteria how i need to keep my personal preferences aside so that it doesn't interfere with the vision that i want this archive to have mm. and yeah and that's what set off i've learned a lot mm-hmm. over the world through that archive correct correct you uh, also mentioned that uh, the images which are sent has to be before 1991 yeah uh, so what pick made you pick this criteria well one it was started in uh, it started in 2010 hmm. so for me 10 years ago was not feeling very uh, old hmm. uh also the quality of images was all digital it was all feeling very contemporary okay and so i felt that there was still two centuries i mean i i, I had you know studying history of photography all over the, from all over the world and from india uh, that uh, or the subcontinent that there is so much that was not documented that why so the it in my interest i would rather go further back hmm. rather than be contemporary not to say that this this is not archivable eventually it will be Correct. it will become a study of society but for me to uh, draw a line on the kind of pictures i was looking for i needed to say 1990 and i just said 1991 basically because the hmm. number was cooler hmm. <laughs> <laughs> instead of ending with a zero oh, interesting and uh, you said uh, you had a value system and yeah. you you had certain parameters uh for people to send uh, or upload or send you pictures yeah. of that uh was this criteria mainly to help you um fasten the process of curation or yeah. you wanted to completely get rid of curation if they match this criteria uh both hmm. it was one was so that i could keep my personal preferences aside hmm. uh number one number two i was studying how uh, archives around the world were working which was the national archives of london uh, sorry of uk uh, whether it was the library of congress in usa uh, how uh, and different projects that they were running and how they were what was the systematic approach and very quickly and it was very interesting at the same time i heard a talk by pk nair who was the archivist at the film institute in pune who said that um, the archivist needs to be neutral you can't as long as you put a criteria in place because you don't know what is important mm-hmm. uh, right now because we don't know enough how can we know what is important if you don't know enough mm-hmm. which was exactly to the t and number 2 it was that uh, i uh, we needed i needed to look at the world 
uh, also be surprised mm. i needed to want to hear as many stories possible as many kinds of stories that may happen because of it so i uh, gave it a value system also legally i needed to be very uh, clear that you know legally that this works it is not crossing any lines there needs to be transparency uh, uh, with anybody who's contributing or even running the archives it was all these other different things that i needed to place in some value system that mm. fell into place Correct. that worked for me and for the society it was meant to serve mm mm-hmm. yeah yeah I I remember uh, I remember like doing one interview with Amrit Gangar who's mm-hmm. a film historian and uh, in one of his talk he says that there's a lot of things which have to be archived in the film space also because yeah, yeah. the film itself is yeah. celluloid yeah. so it has a lifespan of say 100 yeah. 150 years yeah. and uh, almost there could be around 60 to 70% of uh motion pictures which are not even documented yeah. we don't know about it yeah. so it's a very important and yeah. nice thing uh Anusha I wanted to ask you there are like millions of untold stories and unsung heroes uh, in almost every part of the world so what is what is like your process of capturing them through your project i mean uh, you said you want to just tell uh, or say document share stories right mm-hmm. but is there any criteria <clears throat> is it only partition is it only the way you said only uh, no what i look for in an image is that it has an essence of the collective because essentially the idea of memory project is that micro stories form the macro story hmm. right collective you mean uh, the collective i mean that it it it, it is uh, people can con- a lot many more people can collect connect to that story or find connections oh. to that story uh for or the indian subcontinent as a collective mm-hmm. uh by that mean that whether it's collective memory what do who what kind of people we are what kind of societies we've been how have we changed because you know study of history as i heard someone say was also study of change mm. and how do we and it was it was getting that one image that i would uh so it didn't actually matter as long as it fit the criteria it would go up even if it didn't interest me mm. even if i had no interest in the subject that the person was talking about but yes i've learned how to be an investigative journalist for a lack of a better term is that i try to read between the lines i try to ask questions i try to uh uh read the emotions behind the story behind that story that is being told Uh, how people have felt hmm. what kind of circumstances happened around that if is somebody is talking about the 1940s is it that they experienced partition did they not and the experiences are very different from somebody from a from the south of india and from the north of india hmm. and so you or from the east or from the west and so there are people even in i've heard in i heard a story of a lady in punjab who came from a a rather wealthy family so it was very protected as well she never even knew partition was happening while she is a young teenager you know sitting in jalandhar mm-hmm. because it was she was completely protected so it's all kinds of stories that surprise you that she had no idea it had happened mm. there are people you know uh, there's a story on indian memory project who had knew no idea who gandhi was until gandhi was assassinated are you serious yeah yeah so there are it's it's incredible that there are all these kinds of stories and that we can actually take nothing for granted mm. but i am 
it's very important for an for as an archivist or the the, the place that I've chosen to be in. is to completely remain neutral you cannot judge people for what they know what they don't know what they experience what they didn't experience mm-hmm. because there are all kinds and you know it takes 1.6 billion people of us mm-hmm. to make it i mean there's so many stories that go unacknowledged i was i'm reading a fascinating book called family secrets uh, in the victorian times where in calcutta one of every six children was half white and if they were white looking they would go be sent off to england and if they were brown they stayed in india and it's fascinating can you imagine the kind of population that is this is no this is no wonder when the hmm. when friends of mine who are bengali who say that you know they they feel themselves to be more cultured and superior <laughs> this yeah. is this is what they're you know who knows what kind of histories people are talking and there are lots of kinds of histories that are not being mentioned mm-hmm. whether it is about domestic abuse whether it is about gender uh, problems whether there are about uh, queer groups mm-hmm. these are the kind of stories that have not yet arrived but i'm digging around for somebody to give us those kind of stories because wow. that is i mean this world i promise you this project has taught me to take nothing for granted mm-hmm. anything is possible it's it's just uh, it, it's fascinating fascinating it's yeah. incredible mm-hmm. so it's really fascinating in fact uh, uh just a second in fact i had like a similar question on top of that that uh, how is like one's memory relevant to other Yeah. So uh, on, like you briefly touched upon it, but like, yeah. what kind of patterns or any ending roads you have seen that you have been unbiased and put that story out, yeah. or put that uh, image out, and then it has connected or resonated with multiple places, thereby forming a collective. So any any thoughts you on know, that? The, Because it, it's also that also is full of surprises. So mm-hmm. there is a picture that came to Sorry me. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, yeah just just. taking an example i've yeah. i've seen uh someone's marriage photo right mm. and it says my mother was getting married and stuff like that so yeah. now how does that story connect with other stories uh yeah. in the same thread and what is that thread also there are many that's the thing there are many kinds of threads and there are threads that you would not even expect is a thread ha huh, so can you so it's for example there is a i disc, so there's a lady who told me the story of her marriage hmm. and uh, and, uh, and actually not of a marriage she, but the picture was about their marriage about how they fell in love but she mentioned a small detail in passing saying that uh, when she was growing up they lost out she, she was for two years schools were shut and so therefore she had to be homeschooled Mm-hmm. And that is when I was like, "What do you mean to for years? For two years, schools were shut." She said, "Yeah, during partition, two years, colleges and schools were shut." And that is when it occurred to me that there's a whole. This, we have a generation of our parents who have lost out on two years of school, but it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up at all that these institutions. So this is what this is how suddenly wow. something in passing, she said. becomes a matter connects to a collective idea mm. you know or uh, that they were part of for example um somebody said that they were their parents were getting married and uh, there was no electricity in the house because there was an india pakistan war going on in the 1970s in in and calcutta was on high alert and she says my mother stepped into the house and the electricity came you know so it was like this magic that happened and mm-hmm. at that moment and everybody talked thought thought of it as a great omen of good good that will happen i mean these are things said in passing Correct. but that particular war can you imagine how many people 
it has affected or how mm. many people's lives what was going on at that time mm. and it's that is where the collective starts coming in and it mm. comes in different ways there was another story where a person mentioned there is no picture of this because there was no photography at that time in the 17th century his grand great 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 grandfather came to india with the east india company he was a white man stick decided to stay here 6 years 6 uh, generations they stayed in, in in this country and he says it oh my grandfather's name is this and suddenly there's another family who has says that oh by the way we are your uh, we belong to the same family wow. and this is another hmm. family living in australia and they had no idea 6 generations later these people are connecting and how many kinds of nationalities and races and people and businesses the people who stayed you know india is one is literally they call it the melting pot it is the real melting pot the whole mm. world has passed through it mm-hmm. whether it's from the east whether it's from the north west south it is crazy and I mean, this is end, this is endless. I can go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. In fact, I am really struggling to visualize that. How are you able to even like put up these stories? <laughs> because it's it's so humongous in uh, the nature. It is, but it is also a way to manage it, right? Mm. I mean, you can only manage a collect that kind of collective's past, which mm. is going to surprise you at every step through a story. Hmm. That's the only way to do it. It's the other verses, so I can. So if I so the idea is to put all of them together and tie them through the help of technology, which is using keywords and categories. If I put in a search, it would anything related to partition should come up. Anything related to uh, you know the cut of your hairstyle should come up. I hmm. mean, these are things that will indicate. But it also depends on what we are looking for. But hmm. that's the only way to manage or organize okay. something like this. Yeah, I was thinking of one project, but if you just take one photograph and dissect it into oh, like I can yeah thousand oh, I can give keywords. you seventy-five stories related <laughs> to one photograph. <laughs> uh, so, what according to you is the best format of capturing memories and why? There are many formats, but mm. it also depends on what kind of memory. I mean, memory is a very vague. vague term mm-hmm. memory is just what you want to or have decided to or choose to remember or for- forget mm. one of the two one of the many things but it's a, there are many formats i mean people take photographs to capture memories people write to capture memory people tell stories do podcasts Mm-hmm. do i mean there are many many ways to do it mm. there is no best or worst it depends on what work, what works for that person so, so if i may rephrase what's the most powerful way to uh, live the memory again uh <laughs> time travel <laughs> super yeah. power of time travel yeah. that would be great okay. but uh, that is not yet uh, <laughs> been yeah. told if they if they if they have it it's not in public domain as yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah nobody can yeah. easily access yeah. it so photographs well that as is, in photograph versus text see the text. thing is that yes uh, the photographs uh, eventually and and because i also am a photographer it is not the exact memory it is it is a memory of a memory and uh, so it's a, it's the closest to the truth it is never the truth it will never be so it is that yeah it will come closest to it mm-hmm. but it's people can also find that through text people can also find it through i mean the 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 strongest way to evoke memory is smell 
is hmm. a fragrance hmm. and uh, which also I which think is lacks. the most powerful which is fa- which is interesting because that's the only thing they haven't been able to translate yet mm-hmm. properly hmm. i think there are in little inventions and things going on is to translate it for us uh, in yeah. an everyday life is yeah. how does technology capture it lacks smell. on the digital medium at oh, least yeah, yeah. there but uh, maybe museums in some places they are yeah trying. so but i mean that is the strongest format of memory is smell wow. and uh, and fragrance and yeah. you know or bad so i think five five senses we can like go oh, abstract yeah. at that level yeah, and yeah, just yeah. no i wouldn't go abstract but but fra- but the sense of smell just does that mm-hmm. and yes the sense as a sense of um, uh, sight or the sense or hearing would come second mm. i would say music uh, brings a lot of i mean it can bring rack floods of memory voices and mm. and then it is sight mm. which just you know shows the memory for you mm-hmm. and then the rest is up to you mm-hmm. is there are there instances where the memory has been misinterpreted as in like memory no but the the situation in the photograph has been misinterpreted because of some context uh and it then... uh, it will always be misinterpreted and it will always be uh appropriated to different people it mm. depends on again what you want out of it what mm. is your value system what is your agenda and so people will find what they want to find mm. in it so there is always i mean when something because it's still abstract right it's mm. not and people i mean we are all in the design background one of the first things we were taught was that you nobody sees the same thing the same way right. ever yeah, yeah. we were if we were both given a tree to draw i mean 75 people will draw 75 trees correct of the same tree mm. and that is exactly how it works for um, even memory mm. and that people would remember it very differently mm. between two people the same incident will be remembered very differently wow wow and so it's it's just contextualizing whatever we get mm. you know and so therefore the best response uh, to uh, a particular post or a story is another story Mm-hmm. of the same thing mm-hmm. that is the best response not uh, actually uh, subjugating it to calling it a lie mm-hmm. or fictional uh, because that is how people have seen it mm-hmm. or have chosen to see it yeah i think i'm i'll be short of words but yeah right now it's fascinating <laughs> just as the keyword uh, anusha just the given time we have maybe like last two questions which i wanted yeah. to ask because this subject is like endless, endless. yeah yeah uh so how has your photography or graphic design skills <laughs> helped you to grow in this project uh one uh, many things have happened it all like in i would say it all connects always something or the other is that even in my design we were, i mean i research hmm. why am i doing a symbol logo design for somebody or why a certain book hmm. is happening it's also then you get into the technical aspects what people read what colors what when you know what choice of formats will it be accessible uh, reading people's consumption behaviors uh, then it comes to marketing how do you we were talking about marketing earlier that it's all about how do you market it and who's what are people clicking on why are they clicking on something it's 
many of things and photography yes because i'm fascinated by images i mean mm. it's uh, the story there's so much to be read in in in, in pictures mm. and i like reading pictures mm. uh, and then so much of it is outside the frame because it's just you can't capture mm. a, a, the world in just four you know corners uh, or circles or whatever shape you want to give it to but geometry doesn't encapsulate memory mm. Mm. and but it can bring you closest to it mm. and so it's a all of it has helped it helps me read my own work mm. it helps me interpret my own work it helps me um all of these little things connect up it's connect, yeah. uh, the voices i mean when i remember one of the first uh, uh bosses i worked with said this to me and it stayed in my mind because it's so it was so helpful was that which font do we choose for a particular uh, subject hmm. and he said the font is a voice he said is it a whisper is it female is it male hmm. is it a scream is it was you know so decide what that voice is and that's the font you will choose hmm. and just the penny just dropped and so and since then the easiest thing for me is to i, I just imagine the voice and the font is chosen it's yeah. not i'm not confused between a plethora of you know fonts, 55 million fonts and <laughs> but it needs to be a voice and mm. what registers what doesn't register and then the technical i mean the rules are great also the thing is in design and photography it's very helpful to know rules mm. because then i know how to break them correct correct yeah. uh, i mean one should never break rules if you don't know what the rules are because mm, yeah. <laughs> then you're just all over the place you know how to negotiate that arena and then uh, build new things with it mm. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And it keeps it contemporary. Mm. The idea of design uh, has always been that it is it must reflect uh, it it connects with our audience. It chimes and how we think and mm. how societies think and what is working and what is not. Mm. And and especially in the Indian subcontinent. I mean one of the things I remember when I was working in the UK and I would tell them that the India if somebody has cracked advertising in India you have cracked anywhere. in the world yeah, yeah. because it is the hardest yeah. you, every 25 kilometers the language changes sensibility changes colors preference food i mean how do you keep track of something like yeah, that yeah. and if you can market with one if you can create one idea for this entire country you should be given the nobel prize for yeah, advertising yeah. that's why a lot of countries <laughs> who come to india like yeah, uber yeah. and all they yeah. like really struggle in fact yeah. amazon if you see oh, yeah. every every uh, yeah. city has a different yeah. uh, yeah. tone of voice tone of fact. voice selection taste yeah. i mean it's uh, climate all kinds of things will yeah. will change yeah cool. uh so yeah last question what's the future with the uh, indian memory project where, where do you see it going how do you see uh, it evolving uh i would like it to uh have more co- content number one hmm. i mean it's it's the mothership and what it requires its strength is its stories and so therefore it must have more of it hmm. it's like blood uh you know if you need to have <laughs> blood cells and but yeah there is there are plans of i'm going to be um redesigning the site i'm going to be you know creating more extensions with it i'm working on a book uh on it right now but as a, and all of these are supporting uh ideas they're mm. not 
uh, they are not going to be the heroes the hero will always be the content. the mothership the, yeah. the content and the archive itself mm. because it must have a long lasting the idea it was created so it becomes this great tool of reference mm-hmm. so it can't uh, you know so that will remain that's the core of it mm. and uh, and all of these other interesting extensions will just help support it will help build it will create new avenues Mm. and yeah and it helps me do interesting things like you know like i can do exhibitions like you know the history of indian crime which was it was great mm. do that it was again it was the first one of its kind it had never been done before which was a history of uh, indian crime in india uh, or the subcontinent through photographs mm. forensic photographs and all these little 13 cases and how they came about how pictures are appropriated how they were used misused misinterpreted mm. using your word or appropriated for different uh, uses i mean it's fascinating that yeah. uh, these kind of to look at photography and what can kind of, other avenues it has because it's not just to make look people good it was mm. used for many many purposes mm-hmm. and uh, it's to also look at these ideas of of culture and popular culture or past culture correct correct beautiful in fact uh, i would love to just i don't know whether it's a suggestion or a tip but like 1991 maybe yeah. can be further backdated because the kind of amount of uh, photographs and images which are generated with yeah. the instagram age is just crazy and It's crazy. Uh, it's, 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 I'm not interested in it yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody will do it. Mm-hmm. It is a st- it is a study of change again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there will be studies. I think there are already studies. I mean, people have started doing PhDs on selfies. Mm-hmm. So it's already beginning to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's not something I want to do because okay. I think there's still we've just tipped the you know it's yeah. just the tip of the iceberg correct, i mean correct. there is in fact this podcast i feel is just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> because maybe like if you have time later we can catch up again to yeah. discuss more uh, i would like to just talk more about one axis which is time yeah. and how has that progressed over time maybe yeah. so there are these things right like what happened between 70 and 72 yeah and yeah. just go deep Little into capsules it yeah, of yeah, time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right thank you Anusha once pleasure. again for giving thank your you. time and it was fun yeah. talking to you <laughs> yes thank you same here yeah. thank you Kedar thank you and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on iTunes Savan Stitcher or any podcasting app you use do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com till then bye